lately there's been a lot of news uh, about fires in central Washington and uh, national uh, reporters have had op many opportunities to be corrected on their pronunciation of the town of Spokane. It's not Spokane, although it looks like it, it's Spokane. Welcome to the Common Errors in English Usage podcast. I'm here with Paul Bryant, author of the Common Errors in English Usage website and book. I'm the editor of that book and host of this weekly podcast, Tom Sumner. Happy Thanksgiving from the Common Errors in English Usage podcast. This week with Paul Bryant, we discuss the origin of place names. Why are we doing this on Thanksgiving? Well, we begin with Paul Bryant's blog post, Let's Talk Turkey. And from there, we have a discussion about lots of other places. Hello, Paul. Hi, Tom. Paul, I want to go back to a post that you wrote last Thanksgiving. Uh, let's talk turkey. Why don't you just read that one to us? Can you do that? Sure. Let's talk turkey. Yesterday morning, the annual Bainbridge Island Thanksgiving Day turkey trot went past our front yard. I took a short video of the scene and posted it on Facebook and then went back to preparing to roast our own Brian Spatchcock's bird. After having cold leftovers for breakfast this morning, check out my recipe for homemade mincemeat. These are all, uh, by the way, the video, the spatchcocking, and the mincemeat are hyperlinks in the blog, so you can go to the, the sources. It seemed like a good time to discuss the word turkey. Turks sometimes object to our use of the same word to label the bird and their country. Turkish citizens spell the name T-U-Umlaut, R-K-I-Y-E, and many of them wish we'd follow their lead. I explained to a Turkish correspondence once that, regrettable as it may be, citizens do not get the last word on how their nation's name is rendered in other languages. English speakers don't automatically think of cups and saucers when they refer to Zhangguo as China, nor do they usually think of the roasted bird when using the English spelling to denote the Turkish nation. Even if you could get Americans to write T-U-R-K-I-Y-E, you'd never get them to include the umlaut. Except for the occasional accent aigu in a French word, most accent marks get stripped out of foreign words when they are translated into English. Turkey gets better treatment in this regard than many other nations. In English, Suomi becomes Finland, Deutschland is Germany, and Misra is Egypt. Cities, regions, and geographical features are often subjected to similar treatment. Firenze becomes Florence, Wien is Vienna, the Côte d'Azur is the French Riviera, and the Bodensee is Lake Constance. Linguists call such renaming exonyms. Occasionally, a country is successful in getting foreigners to adopt its preferred spelling. Most English writers now know not to refer to the nation of Ukraine as the Ukraine, a title which to Ukrainians suggests Russian claims to its territory are valid. See page 287 of Common Errors in English Usage for a discussion of this point. Perhaps the most strikingly successful revision has been in the changing of the spelling from English Peking 
to Beijing. Neither spelling reflects the actual Chinese pronunciation, which is something like Beijing, but the latter is the Chinese government's preferred rendering, and we've followed their lead, even though it leads us to mispronounce the name of their capital. Such changes are often politically charged. An interesting scholarly volume on the subject is Exonyms and the International Standardization of Geographical Names Approaches Towards the Resolution of an Apparent Contradiction, published by LIT Verlag in 2007, available through Google Books. Foreigners often assume that English speakers are the main offenders in misspelling nation names, but consider how others refer to the United States of America, A-M-E-R-I-K-A, German, Les États-Unis d'Amérique, French, and Megu, Chinese. Just as you can't get your family to drop that annoying nickname your older sister gave you when you were five, you usually can't persuade foreigners to refer to your nation's place names in the way you prefer. An interesting exception is the abolition of the peculiar English spelling of the name of the Italian city of Livorno as Leghorn, which has always reminded me of the chicken breed of that name. Which brings us back to the subject of poultry. In contemporary English, a leghorn is a bird, but Turkey, with a capital T, is a country, one that we very much enjoyed visiting several years ago. And that last phrase has a link to my photographs of our trip to Turkey. Hello again, Paul. Hi, Tom. Paul, I, uh, I'm coming to you live from Portland, Oregon, and you're coming to me live from Bainbridge Island, Washington. And... I was just thinking about that because here in Oregon, we have a, a situation where a lot of the country doesn't seem to know how to pronounce the name of our state. Uh, a lot of East Coast broadcasters, you'll hear Oregon. Uh, uh, there's a Steely Dan song where the lyric goes, I crossed my old man back in Oregon. Don't take me alive. And I feel like the song is slightly off kilter when I hear that. So, some, some, there's something that they didn't get when they pronounced that uh, Oregon. And, uh, so, and a lot of locals get a little bit put off by that pronunciation, the Oregon. Uh, there's a license plate frame that you see around here spelled O-R-Y-G-U-N to emphasize the gun. Oregon. It's Oregon. This is the one case where liberal Oregon would be in favor of gun rights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we we're we'll we'll take ownership of that gun. Uh, it might be the only gun that we will take ownership of, but that's the one we want. So, uh, uh, you also have a similar, well, not a not exactly a situ situation in Washington, but for the first oh five to ten years of my life, I grew up thinking the state up there in the northwest was called Washington. Uh, a lot of people want to stick in that. R when they're pronouncing Washington, or instead of announcing, I'm going to wash the clothes, I'm going to wash the clothes. Uh, that's another phenomenon. Yeah, uh, my mother pronounced it that way. She was from Oklahoma, and I certainly grew up thinking it was Washington. And, uh, and now I've lived here for many, many decades and uh, know better. But uh, yeah, that's definitely a thing. Yeah, well, my mother grew up. Uh, far from Oklahoma, she grew up in the Central Valley in 
California, but not an Oklahoman transplant. She grew up as a fourth generation Californian in the farmlands, and she also pronounced it Washington. So I don't know how that gets spread around, but it's it's around. Uh, you have a couple of entries about these. Right. And I've written about both of those and about Nevada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I won't read these today. Um, people can look them up in the book. But um, Nevada is definitely Nevada in the West. But broadcasters from the East, for the most part, except a very few who get clued in, say Nevada. And it just immediately identifies a reporter as being from not here. Mm-hmm. when they use that pronunciation pronunciation <laughs> when they use that pronunciation of course there's an irony involved if you took it to be a spanish word which it is meaning snowy uh it would be nevada so the eastern pronunciation would be closer to the spanish but it's still not the way that it's pronounced by most people in the west well there are a lot of place names where the locals pronounce it one way or an unexpected way, and it's pronounced differently um, by the locals and and by people in the know. Well, there's a, a famous case of that about Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, and there is a huge ongoing discussion in Louisville um, about whether it's Louisville or Louisville. And there are some people who insist that nobody who is an authentic native speaker would use anything but Louisville. However, I've also heard people argue the opposite, that there's about half the people there who prefer Louisville. So I don't know. But this is complicated by the fact that there is a town in Ohio which spells its name exactly the same way, and they call it Louisville. So... Go figure. Yeah. Well, for for uh, Louisville, Kentucky, I'm going to stick with Louisville uh, because I grew up watching baseball and hearing and playing baseball, and and uh, the only bat I ever used was a Louisville Slugger, and that's yeah. all anybody ever called it. Right. And I went to school at Indiana University, which is quite close, really, to Louisville. Uh, in terms of radio broadcasting, I used to listen to the radio from there. I'm on the radio and take the uh, Louisville um, Career Journal, a very good newspaper, and uh, the radio usually pronounced it Louisville. Well, I want to talk more about these kinds of special pronunciation variations that have to do with names that are from derived from foreign sources, and especially places which are modeled after places that are abroad, Americans, as they spread across the continent, would occasionally pay tribute to the Native American names, usually getting them pretty well scrambled, as they did. And, of course, they often were fond of naming places after themselves, or in the case of Bainbridge Island, uh, it was just named after a, a, a famous uh, naval officer who had nothing to do with the expedition, expedition to that... Uh, discovered that Bainbridge was an island. But um, very often they just took names from England or France or wherever they were from and slapped that name 
onto the, the new place where they were. For instance, everybody knows that New York started out as New Amsterdam. And there's uh, some really amusing variations on things. Now, sometimes it's not just a place name, but a word. And I won't talk about a lot of these because there's a ton of them. The one that amuses everybody is the Grand Tetons. This is a, uh, a mountain range, and had, there is a Grand Teton, which is the biggest mountain, and there's a Grand Teton River and the town of Grand Teton, and it simply means in French, big breasts, which makes sense when you think about a big mountain. Mm -hmm. um, Teton is actually a sort of childish, slangy term for breast that has to do with suckling, and so it doesn't get talked about a lot. There are some other people who have proposed alternate uh, derivations, but um, they're not nearly as interesting as Grand Teton. Well, of course, getting an American to say Teton is uh, a larger task than anybody who ever wants right. to undertake. So we just call it Grand Teton. Right. Now, in terms of pronunciation, a pretty well-known one is the, the town in South Dakota that's spelled Pierre, but pronounced Pierre. Yeah. Pierre, South Dakota. Mm -hmm. There's a little town in Arkansas, not very well-known at all, that is a really unusual one named Smackover. S-M-A-C-K-O-V-E-R. It's not a big town, but it's famous for its name. And there's a lot of discussion about where they got this strange name. But the uh, most popular uh, explanation is that it came from French chemin couvert, which would mean a road, covered road, a road in through the woods, in other words, is a heavily forested area. And so chemin couvert became smack over. <laughs> the one that set me off on this and made me decide I'd like to talk about it was having a conversation with a, a neighbor saying that she had uh, used to live nearby the town of Berlin, Wisconsin. And that is spelled B-E-R-L-I-N, named after the German capital, Berlin. And there are actually Berlins in Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York, and Wisconsin, and they all pronounce it Berlin. Berlin. Not Berlin. Berlin. Right. Most of the time, these... American translations of European place names are simple vowel shifts, and they make sense because there are certain vowels that we just pronounce differently in American English than they do in the source language. Uh, there's a town of Macon, France, for instance, and A with a circumflex over it, C-O-N, Macon. And, of course, you don't pronounce the N, you nasalize it, uh, which is, is the source for Macon, Georgia. Mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the weirdest, and one I also used to live near to, um, is Boise, Idaho. And Boise comes from Boise, and that would mean wooded, and it's thought to be from a phrase, La Rivière Boise, the wooded river, the forest river. Um, and, but it turns into Boise. It's interesting, it that uh, if you look, just look at Boise and didn't know the French spelling, you might think, well, in French that would be Boise, mm -hmm. but it actually has an E, so it is a two-syllable name. It's just that it's a different vowel uh, 
Boise versus Boise, A versus E. I also used to live right next to Nez Perce County, named after the Native American tribe known as the Nez Perce. And the Nez Perce called themselves the Nez Perce. But their original tribal name, and I don't know how it's pronounced, but this is what I'm looking at on their website, N-I-I-M-I-L-P-U, something like Milpu. The French who first encountered them called them the Ne Perce, uh, pierced nose people. Pretty obvious where that comes from. Mm. And then when the English took over the name, they changed it to Nez Perce, um, pretty strongly different from Ne Perce, but a normal English Anglicization of that name. And now they call themselves the Nez Perce. They call themselves the Nez Perce. Nez Perce. Excuse me, Nez yeah. Perce. Uh, and they do not pierce their noses noticeably. I suppose mm-hmm. some might pierce their nose. I've never seen a Nez Perce with a pierced nose. Um, there is the French town of Montpellier, M-O-N-T-P-E-L-L-I-E-R, and there's Montpelier, Vermont. Um, that one's interesting, not only because the vowel sound changed, but they dropped one of the L's. Then one of the ones that uh, also intrigues me and confused me for a long time, the French city of Marseille, M-A-R-S-E-I-L-L-E. For some reason, when the English began to refer to it, and this isn't only Americans, but the British as well, and they put an S on the end of it. When referring to the city of Marseille in France, we say it pretty much the French way, Marseille. But the city in Illinois by that name is pronounced Marseilles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another famous one is New Orleans. Now, it's named after the old Orleans, or Orléans, as it's known in French, famous from the story of Jean, Jean d'Arc, Joan d'Arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Orleans, New Orleansers generally say something like New Orleans. And we say New Orleans. And again, the French would be Nouveau Orléans. Mm-hmm. Another one is uh, this the town of Calais, fairly famous town in France. Mm-hmm. But there's a town in Maine which spells its name C-A-L-A-I-S, and it's pronounced Callus. Callus. Callus, yeah. Maine. Okay. Just think of Maine as a big toe with a callus on the end of it. Now, sometimes this doesn't... Um, uh, callus makes sense because, uh, again, uh, it's much closer to... an. Uh, it's much, it is an anglicization of the pronunciation. If you saw the letters C-A-L-A-I-S, yeah. Callus looks about as close as anything um, for just phonetically pronouncing it. But sometimes I don't think it makes a lot of sense. For example, um, in Oregon, we have the town um, L-E-B-A-N-O-N. And so obviously the first time you're passing through and you see the sign off the freeway, the exit to Lebanon, uh, it doesn't even really register that it could possibly be pronounced any other way. I mean, does it to you, especially? No. Nope. No. But uh, uh, let's let's make it even even easier than Lebanon. Let's call it Lebanon, which is how it's pronounced uh, locally. Lebanon, uh, Oregon. One of my favorite 
pronunciations of a foreign country's name had popped up during World War One in, in England, where the town of Ypres, where a famous battle was fought, Y-P-R-E-S, was referred to as wipers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know why. They, well, I do know why. Uh, people are trying to simplify it or adapt it to uh, a phonetic system that's closer to their own native language. Um, I think the British really went overboard on this sort of thing, partly because of their imperial attitudes that they were the center of the world and knew better than everybody else. And so they felt free to wrench things around to suit them. Well, I, I would be interested to find out if that's how... how that how much that is a uh, of course that's an easy easy one for me to believe because uh, everything you just said was correct <laughs> that they they the imperial attitude of the of the english and the, the british is famous and so uh that would lead to you to believe that this was a a phenomenon that was that was uh, uh more possibly more british than than elsewhere but i i would I wonder about other places using, you know, pulling in other foreign words. You know, when uh, I lived in Japan for a couple of years, so I learned a lot of English, a lot of new English, new pronunciation of English words that were used in Japanese. So I just became accustomed to calling the device that I did my, a lot of my work on, the komputa. Because it was easy for Japanese to hear that and to understand it, because it fit into their 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 phonetic system m- much more easily, um, and that's what they themselves called it. Yeah, we we often make fun of people uh, like the Chinese and the Japanese who um, mispronounce words from our language, and we're not that conscious of how we mispronounce words from other people's languages. That's right. Uh, when I was talking about Marseille a moment ago, I should have talked about Versailles too. So let's. Oh yeah, that's a direct one to one relationship, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and Versailles, uh, of course, is the name of the palace that Louis the Fourteenth built in, which is now in the town of Versailles in France. And it, but there are uh, cities by that name in Illinois, Kentucky, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, and they're all called pronounced Versailles. Mm-hmm. Which is how you, once again, how you want to pronounce it when you read those letters. If you if you didn't know already know if you didn't know it was a French word, that's how you might pronounce it. A more obscure example is uh, the the uh, town of uh, the city of Valparaiso in Spain. Mm. There was a town in Indiana with the same name, but they pronounce it Valparaiso. Yes. I think Americans have trouble with that A-I sound, meaning I, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, which it is in a lot of foreign languages. Mm -hmm. There's another town in Missouri, or Missouri, if you wish, um, which is named after the Spanish capital of Madrid, but it's called New Madrid. Madrid. Okay, I didn't actually know that town. And... um, Lima from Peru uh, in Ohio, it's Lima. Just like the bean? Yeah. Riga, Latvia, the capital of Latvia, becomes Riga, New York. Mm hmm. 
Toledo, Spain, becomes Toledo, Ohio. Now, I used to live right next door to uh, Moscow, Idaho, and the, most people refer to the name of the Russian capital as Moscow. Um, the people in Idaho insist on Moscow, and I had the occasion to travel to Moscow once to speak at a convention. And when I came back, everybody wants to know, wanted to know, well, what do the Russians say? Do they say Moscow or Moscow? And I said, neither one. They say Moskva. <laughs> now, there are a lot of places in the United States that are named after English place names. Just tons of them. Uh, New York being a classic example. And most of the time, they're pretty much pronounced the way the British do. You know, we have harder R's and our vowels are a little stronger than theirs, but by and large, they're pretty much the same. There's a few examples. Um, Warwick in the British pronunciation becomes Warwick, Rhode Island. And Birmingham, England is actually, we say it's Birmingham, but the British would say Birmingham. They tend to swallow that last syllable. And in Alabama and Iowa, it's Birmingham. Mm -hmm. And if you're from Alabama, you're going to say something like Birmingham. Um, one of the ones that really grates on me is the, the famous river that runs through London. is called the Thames, of course. A not very intuitive spelling of T-H-A-M-E-S, rhyming with... Uh, with anything. <laughs> anyway, the Thames River, Connecticut, is uh, the Thames. The Thames. Yeah, the Thames River. Now, there are also some places, um, some others that are interesting. Um, I have read in some sources, I can't confirm this, that the place that most of us call Athens in German, in sorry, the place that most of us call Athens in Greece is referred to as Athens, Illinois, and Athens, Kentucky. Mm, but Athens, Georgia. Athens, Georgia, right. Then there is uh, Cairo, the capital of Egypt, which in Georgia is Cairo, and in Illinois is Cairo. Mm. And one of the most obscure and interesting, Delhi, capital of India, becomes Delhi in California and New York. Mm. And this one really interested me. Um, of course, uh, Medina in Saudi Arabia is famous as the uh, home birthplace of Muhammad, the founder of Islam. Uh, I think that's right. Is that right? He was from Mecca. He went to Medina. Let's start over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Medina is famous in Saudi Arabia for the, being the second most sacred city in Islam. But there are towns in Michigan, Ohio, and Washington in which it becomes Medina. Medina. Okay. Can you imagine going to the Medina Diner? <laughs> yeah. Now, there's some really extreme examples. Um, how would you guess that R-U-S-S-I-A, Ohio, is named? Okay, well, I, I, I now you've, you've tipped your hand a little bit. It's not pronounced Russia. 
Right. So uh, uh, this is R-U-S-S-I-A. And, and what state are we in? Ohio. Ohio. Uh, well, I'm just going to go with the f- most phonetic thing, basic, straightforward, middle American pronunciation I can get out of those letters and call it uh, Russia. Nope. It's Rushi. Rushi. <laughs> Yeah, you know so, they hold so they're, fifth, they keep 15. the they keep the uh, non-intuitive sh sound in there. Yeah, but they can't just finish it off. Russia, Russia. Yeah. Okay. I almost wonder if this evolved during the Cold War with people not wanting to pronounce it the same way as. Um, and of course, there was the the classic uh, slang term "ruskies." Yes. Uh, which might have evolved around the same way. And sometimes uh, sometimes pronounced Ruskies. Yeah, Ruskies, right. Yeah. And then the town in, in the city in Italy, Mantua, there are towns in Ohio and Utah which have the spelling M-A-N-T-U-A. Want to try that one? M-A-N-T-U-A. Uh, I'll just go with uh, something odd. Mantua. Oh, it's Manaway. Manaway. <laughs> so the T gets the T disappears entirely. Yeah. Okay. Manaway. So, sounds like somebody fell overboard. Yes, right. Yeah. There are and now there's the city in Italy known as Milano, M I L A N O, which everybody knows from the cookies after that name. Mm-hmm. But um, English speakers uh, often drop the vowel ending on the names of Italian names, including Roma. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes Milan. But Milan, in, in Illinois, New York, Tennessee, and Washington, it's Milan. Milan. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now here's here's one that's really fun. P-O-M-P-E-I-I, Michigan. Okay, so it's spelled like Pompeii, Italy. Right. And this is in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And it's P-O-M-P-E-I-I. Right. And I've not heard of the town in Michigan that's spelled that way. Uh, So, uh, geez, this is unusual because I almost cannot look at that combination of letters and come up with anything other than something very close to Pompeii. But uh, given everything that's leading up to this, I'm going to have to go. uh, I know it's going to have to be different. So, yeah, we uh, just don't put two eyes in a row in English. Yeah, just not something you do. That's right. So, so okay, so we can make sense of Pompeii E-I. That 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 works okay. Yeah, but we got to get that other I pronounced some way so it comes off Pompeii. Pompeii. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it's not that easy to pronounce. It's harder to pronounce than Pompeii. But okay, yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta account for that other eye. Well, the town hasn't been buried yet. They got something going for mm-hmm. us, and that's unusual because <laughs> that that's that's a little bit doubly strange because when you stick an eye on the end of a word in in um, in English, uh, never mind the double eye, but just if you if you stick an eye on the end of it, it it normally uh, would would be similar to adding a Y to right. the end of it, and it would have the sound of E. Right. So if you told me that the I was accounted for as an extra syllable, I would say Pompeii. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, so here's one that's much more famous, uh, the Rio Grande. Uh, the Rio Grande, the river we all know about, and I think most people recognize that that is Spanish for big river, Grand River. Mm -hmm. And uh, a few more, uh, few fewer people, but still quite a few know that the Mexicans and other Latin Americans do not refer to that river as the Rio Grande, but instead to the Rio Bravo. The Bravo implies something like grand, big, hooray, huge. But there is a town in Ohio where they pronounce the name Rio Grande. Rio Grande, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of these are just, they they don't, well, in more than one case, actually, there several of them, they're, they, they don't uh, improve things, do they? <laughs> well, not really. You can't call these things errors because they're they're evolutions that took place, and uh, they they fit in with the the thing where people will tell you, uh, well, our name is not Frankenstein; it's Frankenstein, mm -hmm. even though no German would ever say it that way. Mm -hmm. And um, I've got a whole piece on that in the book as well. Well, there's one remaining place name. I'm just going to read the Wikipedia entry because it's so interesting mm. and it has such a complication to it. I was surprised when I first rode the train from airport into Manhattan to discover that we passed through an area called Jamaica. And I thought, well, how did this area, which started out as a suburb of of Manhattan become Jamaica. It's located is in Queens. It's mm -hmm. a neighborhood in Queens. There's a train station there, so that's where you see the sign. And uh, according to Wikipedia, the name of Jamaica in Queens, New York City, derives from Yamako, a corruption of a word for beaver in the Lenape language spoken by the Native Americans who lived in the area at the time of the first European contact. The Y sound in English is spelled with a J in Dutch the first Europeans, to write about the area. This resulted in the eventual English pronunciation of Jamaica when read and repeated orally. In the Caribbean, the Arawaks, people of the nation of Jamaica, named their island X-A-Y-M-A-C-A, Jamaica, which meant land of wood and water. And somebody quoted this recently on Facebook, and I haven't been able to find the post, but maybe we can do some searching and find it, pointing out that he went to school in uh, Jamaica High School, and their team mascot was the beaver. Uh -huh. And he said the cheerleaders were chagrined to have the word beaver plastered across their chest it's and true. tried to get the name changed, but <laughs> were not successful. That is that is that is very interesting. Well, at least at least uh, when you go through Jamaica, uh, in uh, Queens, you can say it's called Jamaica, and it's pronounced the same way as and spelled the same way as the country that we call Jamaica. And the confusing thing is that quite a few Jamaican immigrants from the island of Jamaica have moved into Jamaica. So there's actually a sizable uh, community there of people whose origins are Jamaican. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that yeah. There's another. There's another twist to it. Now, when you're going through, uh, if you're going through a town, uh, I and you need to know the pronunciation of the place, I suggest that you um, you don't follow the lead 
especially of the man who uh, who existed for me anyway existed in a joke that my son used to like to tell about uh, some people traveling through Florida, and they came across the town that spelled K I S S A M E E. And they got into an argument over how it was pronounced. And the husband was telling the wife, it's pronounced Kissimmee. And she said, it is not. It's pronounced Kissimmee. And they were going back and forth about the correct pronunciation. And finally, they stopped to get a bite to eat. And when they were there, they went up to the counter. And the man went up to the counter. He said, now, my wife and I are having a discussion about where we are. Can you pronounce the name of this place Pronounce it very slowly so I can understand exactly how it is pronounced. What's the name of this place? And the fellow leaned over the counter and he said, Burger King. <laughs> so thank you, Paul. Oh, thank you, Tom. Talk to you next time. That'll do it for the Common Errors in English Usage podcast. Send your comments, questions, and feedback to commonerrorspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.